from Australia. This is the Wireless Institute of Australia with the weekly news service. This broadcast is in text, audio and video and is accessed on wia.org.au. Hello there, I'm Graham at K4BB and this is the WIA National News for week commencing June 26, 2022. And we might sort of start off by suggesting you all wear a mask while you're listening to this because, yep, unfortunately, the newsroom here and yours truly succumbed to the COVID-19 virus. Anyway, on with the news. And joining us, WIA Vice President Lee Moyle, VK3GK. VHF UHF Field Day, YACL, the Foundation Manual, Volunteering and Clubs. This weekend is the WIA 2022 Winter VHF UHF Field Day. The contest rules can be found on the WIA website. The event is to promote activity on the six metre bands and above. Exchanges are signal reports and your six character maidenhead locator. You can rework stations every two hours. Scoring is only distance-based and there are several sections one can enter, so read the rules before the contest starts. Which is for VK6 is from 0400 Zulu Saturday until 0359 Zulu Sunday. And for the rest of Australia from 0100 Zulu Saturday until 0059 Zulu Sunday. Upload your logs to the WIA contest portal. Full rules can be downloaded from the WIA website from the link provided in the text version. For logging, you can use the very popular VKCL contest logger, or you can try yet another contest logger, YACL, written by Doug, VK4ADC, which you can download from https colon slash slash vk4adc.com forward slash YACL support forward slash index dot php. Doug has developed YACL to have the familiar look and feel of VKCL and it employs a few different design principles that should make it more flexible. Although the on-screen format is based on VKCL, it is very different inside as it has been written from scratch in a different programming language. YACL has an inbuilt interface to WSJTX for direct logging of digital QSOs and includes OmniRig support for two radios. Hot off the press comes great news from Phil Waite, VK2ASD, that the new and updated WIA Foundation Manual is soon to be released. Phil has spent many hours diligently honing the new Foundation Manual to be concise and aligned with the current Foundation syllabus, which as we know has had some changes and new operating privileges included in the last update from ACMA. This publication is an excellent study guide and reference handbook for Foundation licensed students and for newcomers to the amateur service. Its content covers basic electronic theory, receiver and transmitters, propagation, transmission lines and antennas, EMC and EMI, setting up a station, operating, regulations and safety. To purchase the Foundation Manual, either contact the WIA office or go online to the WIA bookshop portal. Used along with the WIA Foundation trial exam portal found on the WIA website, puts any aspiring Foundation licensed candidate in an excellent position to successfully pass the examination and join the world of amateur radio. 
Thanks go to Phil and his team of dedicated helpers. Have you visited HamAds online recently? If not, then go to www.hamads.com.au. And as a WIA member, once registered, you can list your items for sale, place a wanted advert or list your club's next ham fest. Non-members have access but without any ability to list any items. The website was created by one or two skilled volunteers for the benefit of the WIA membership and others. It's the online version of the famous ham ads that is also found in Amateur Radio magazine. If you would like to help out and volunteer your skill set to the WIA, to one of the many committees and working groups or to one of the many radio clubs around the country, then send an email to the WIA office offering your services or check out the club directory and contact your local club directly. That's it for this week. 7-3 from Lee, VK3GK. Thanks, Lee. And next week here on WIA National News, our WIA director will be Chris, VK3FY. Across Australia, from VK1WIA, you're tuned to the Wireless Institute of Australia National News Service from Waffle Park, Adelaide, South Australia. It can be heard on 1843 kHz in the 160 metre band at 9am Central Standard Time on Sunday mornings. I'm Colin, VK5XY, and you are welcome to join our callback after the broadcast. Now, international news with Jason, Victor Kilo 2, Lima Alpha Whiskey. Hello. International news with thanks to IARU, RSGB, RAC, Southgate Amateur Radio Club, ARRL, NZART, EHAM, Amateur Radio Newsline and the worldwide sources of the WIA. In news from Region 1, Ham Radio Friedrichshafen will happen this year. For wee couch potatoes and those not prepared to risk COVID, ICQ Podcast has a review on Ham Radio Friedrichshafen 2022. Worth a quick trip to icqpodcast.com for the preview. Germany's amateur radio community is launching a wide-ranging program of disaster response. The pilot project is being led by the German Amateur Radio Club, the DARC, in cooperation with Not Funk Bodensee, a Lake Constance radio response group. The need for broader and improved response was underscored recently by the devastating floods in the Ahr Valley. The new network has started to be rolled out near Lake Constance in Markdorf, where a donated emergency communications vehicle is being put into service. Life for users of handheld electronics in EU countries is expected to get a little bit simpler. Maybe not if an Apple user, but this story again, it's to Amateur Radio Newsline. Electronic users in the EU nations will soon only be permitted to use one kind of charger with their smartphones, headphones, tablets and many other handheld electronic devices. The European Commission, the executive branch of the EU, said that standardisation of all handheld devices to use the same USB-C port by 2024 will make products more sustainable and generate less electronic waste. Observers immediately noticed that the move will have an especially big impact on companies with proprietary chargers such as Apple. 
The tentative agreement was reached June 7th and amends the Radio Equipment Directive. The agreement will undergo a formal vote after the summer recess has ended. For Amateur Radio Newsline, I'm Ed Durant, DD5LP. Thanks, Ed. Oh, and the makers of laptops are being given until later to complete the transition to universal charging ports. In news from Region 2, major ham radio regulation changes proposed. Labre reports Brazil's Anatel has published a public consultation with profound effects in the regulation of the amateur radio service. These include abolition of the Morse requirement. The National Telecommunications Agency, Anatel, published a new public consultation number 41, which deals with the consolidation of the various telecommunications services in a single resolution. Among the services affected is amateur radio. The proposal will be available for contributions from the company for 60 days and will have a public hearing to allow the online participation of interested parties. The proposal, together with the contributions of the company, will proceed for consideration by the Board of Directors and subsequent final publication, at the time without deadline to take place. In news from Region 3 in West Bengal, a hospitalised woman was reunited with a family in Bangladesh nearly two and a half years after falling ill and becoming separated from them. And once again, amateur radio, and in particular, members of the West Bengal Radio Club in India, provided the vital connection. Seems to be a forte this club has. For VK1WIA National News in Sydney, I'm Jason, VK2LAW. From Australia, this is the Wireless Institute of Australia with the weekly news service. Available on RF and on demand 24-7 from the wia.org.au website. Weird and wonderful. I'm John VK4JJW. June 25 to August 5 is a special event on all bands, all modes. And yes, I'm stealing some of Felix's thunder by telling you of this little beauty. Ben Real, VA4BEN, is currently a 17-year-old who's graduating out of high school in rural Manitoba this year. Ben has his Canadian Advanced as well as USA Extra and is the president of a not-a-cult ARC, which is a youth focus club. But... On to the main event. This event was originally spurred out of nothing other than an inside joke with a group of friends. However, Ben took it to the next level and filled out the application for a special event call sign on New Year's Day. Once he shared the newly approved call sign around, a handful of other amateurs decided they wanted in on the fun. To them, this event is a way to express feelings that special event call signs don't have to be so serious. They wanted to show the goofy side of the hobby, something that could click with youth to potentially bring them into the hobby. Now, some might also see it as a way to put ridiculous call signs on the air, but it also is a way to acknowledge the impact that memes have had on pop culture and our lives. Memes are something that we share among our friends, family, strangers, etc., created by people all over the world to cater to various types of humour. Just like how there's a wide variety of music genres, one size doesn't fit all. 
One thing that memes have in common with all their variants is how rapid and widespread they can be sent and viewed by other people. And this is where amateur radio comes in, only like if it was a matter of time until a bored high school kid filed an application for VB4LIGMA. Okay, go and Google LIGMA. Now, if you're still with me, Ben's event was supposed to be named Ligma Awareness Month, which would occur in July, which is where search results for memes peaked, according to Google Trends. The Canadian Amateur Radio Service Centre correctly suggested they rename the event to something that wouldn't get them calls to the front desk asking what Ligma is. So Meme Appreciation Month was the new name. They plan to be active from June 25 to August 5 on all bands, all modes, with a strong emphasis in HFSSTV due to its image-sharing potential. For more information, visit va3zza.com and Meme Month 2022. I'm John VK4JJW. Across Australia from VK1WIA, you're tuned to the WIA National News Service. It can be heard on ANZAL, that's the Australian and New Zealand Echo Link Multimode Network. The news is automatically rebroadcast every Sunday at 10am VK3 time. Thanks. This is second operator Helen using John's VK3 HJQ call sign. Now operational news with Felix VK4 FUQ. Hello there. Now contest wise 2022. IARU HF Championship next contest is July 9 and 10. WIA Trans Tasman Lobing Contest 16 July 2022. The Trans Tasman Contest held on the third weekend in July aims to encourage Lobian activity between VK and ZL. RSGV IOTA Contest is July 30 31. WIA RD or Remembrance Day Contest weekend closest to the 15th of August each year. 2022 it's Saturday, Sunday, August 13 14. Alara Contest August 27 28. WIA NZAT Oceania Contest Phone first full weekend in October 0600 hours UTC Saturday to 0600 hours UTC Sunday CW Second full weekend in October 0600 hours UTC Saturday to 0600 hours UTC Sunday Log deadline for all logs 31 October WIA VHF UHF field days Spring 2022 is in November DX window. Morse code is keying up in Automaker's new campaign. For this story, we look at how one car maker's advertising campaign has embraced the spirit of the DX tradition. In fact, the car maker is using that campaign as a vehicle, a four-wheel drive vehicle in this case, to honour the kind of adventurous spirit found in amateur radio and to celebrate, in a big way, Morse code. Here's Mike Askins, K5CXP, from Amateur Radio Newsline. There's no need to keep a secret about what's going on at Jeep. The popular car maker has been into Morse code now for quite a few years. In 2015, there was a campaign slogan, Don't Morse Code and Drive, which gave good safety advice to motorists having off-road adventures in their 4x4. Later came a Morse code message in the cars themselves. Dits and dahs and raised bumps visible on the driver's left footrest. Decoded, the message spells out sand, snow, rivers, and rocks. 
the terrain the SUV was made to conquer with relative ease. Now there's a new campaign called Jeep Code, released this past spring by the ad agency Publicis Group. The agency's executive creative director said on the website Little Black Book Online that CW serves as an ideal match for Jeep because Morse code is a good form of communication for people in remote, off-road places. The agency directed the creation of a website to complement the campaign, letting people generate or translate their own Morse code messages just for fun. That website is JeepLifeIsCalling.com. When miles or kilometers per hour teams up with words per minute, the only thing left for the car maker to do, perhaps, is to trade in all those ignition keys for straight keys. For Amateur Radio Newsline, I'm Mike Askins, KE5CXP. That website is jeeplifeiscalling.com. Oh, and jeeplifeiscalling is all one lowercase word. Now my 4DX spots to favor are. Listen for team... ZY8AM from the Amazon rainforest in Brazil between July 1 and 12 on 160-6 metres using CWSSB NFT8. QSL using LOTW or direct only. Danish DX Group celebrates 50 years. The Danish DX Group DDXG was founded May 27, 1972. To celebrate the 50th anniversary special event station OZ50 DDXG is on the air until December 31. Amateurs around the world can obtain the anniversary award by having contacts using CW, phone or digital modes, with the anniversary station OZ50DDXG. Hadrian's Wall Special Event Station Two special event stations, GB1900HA and GB1900HW, running throughout the year to commemorate 1900 years since the building of Hadrian's Wall. QSL of our logbook of the world and club log OQRS. See QRZ.com for more info on GB1900HA and GB1900HW. Irish Radio Transmitter Society. Hamsters are using the special call sign EI90IRTS to mark the 90th anniversary of the founding of Ireland's National Society. Listen for the EI90IRTS call sign. For BK1WIA National News, I'm Felix BK4FUQ in Ingham. This is the home service of the Wireless Institute of Australia through VK1WIA. Now, special interest group news with Cole VK3GTV. Hello, first up it's Worldwide Special Interest Group's Astronomical. On June the 19th, SpaceX launched a Falcon 9 rocket from Cape Canaveral. Photographers accustomed to seeing these launches were surprised when something unusual appeared. A red glow stretched across the Milky Way. It looked like the Aurora Borealis, however there was no geomagnetic storm in progress. Photographers in New York, Ohio, North Carolina and Tennessee saw it too. The glow appeared about 10 minutes after the Falcon 9 rocket lifted off. Within hours, people around the world started seeing strange things in the sky. First came the smoke ring, seen from Illinois, and an hour after the smoke ring, things got really strange. 
Sky watches in New Zealand saw what looked like a beautiful galaxy, says photographer Alastair Burns of Twinkle Dark Sky Tours on Stewart Island. Alastair said it was a very slowly rotating spiral that started small and gradually expanded. Eventually, it became so large and faint that it could no longer be seen. There was a group on a balcony watching it, and none had ever seen anything like it. This spiral was caused by the Falcon 9's upper stage venting leftover fuel just before deorbiting into the Pacific Ocean. What else happened to cause such a stir? Space physicist Jeff Baumgartner of Boston University has the answer. This glow is probably the exhaust gases from the rocket's second stage causing the ionosphere to recombine quickly. This is a well-studied phenomenon when rocket engines are firing in the altitude regime of 200 to 250 kilometers. Worldwide Special Interest Group's Faith. Radio Ham becomes Archbishop. Sweden's National Amateur Radio Society, SSA, reports that a radio amateur has been appointed Archbishop of the Church of Sweden. A translation of the SSA post reads, We already have a minister, SM4HCF, who is a radio amateur. But now there's even an Archbishop. Church of Sweden has elected Martin Medeus as the new Archbishop. Martin, who today is the Bishop of the Diocese of Linköping, as the call sign SM5LVQ will be the 71st Archbishop of the Church of Sweden. December 4th is the date Martin Medeus will be received as the new Archbishop of Uppsala Cathedral. Worldwide Special Interest Group's Final Frontier NASA studies damage to Webb Telescope Scientists are taking a second look at the damage caused by a fragment that struck the Webb Space Telescope recently. The dust-sized fragment is reported to have hit one of the primary mirror segments used in data collection. Engineers' initial assessments show only a slight change in the performance of the mirror and were able to reposition it in an attempt to compensate for the strike. Reports say that this was the fifth impact of its kind since the telescope was sent into space in December 2021 as heir apparent to the aging Hubble telescope. NASA is still on track for its July 12th date to release the first images collected by the telescope. Still on Space News, Sierra Space has announced the company will open an astronaut training center at Florida's Kennedy Space Center to build and operate a new commercial space station. The Sierra Space Human Spaceflight Center and Astronaut Training Academy will train astronauts to work on Orbital Reef, a private business park space station. Meanwhile, the Federal Aviation Administration has determined that SpaceX's plans for the massive Starbase launch site in South Texas will have some environmental impact on the surrounding land and area, but not enough to require a full environmental impact statement. SpaceX will need to make more than 75 changes to its proposal for the Starbase facility if the company wants to avoid additional review and eventually receive a license from the FAA to launch its new Starship rocket to orbit from the site. Worldwide Special Interest Group's IOTA, AS-117. Kenji, JA-4GXS, will once again be active as JA-4GXS, stroke 4, from Kisado Island during the RSGB IOTA contest July 30-31st. EU-010, 
Bryce will be active as GM0WAT from the Isle of Lewis and Harris during the RSGB IOTA contest. Worldwide Special Interest Groups, Yota, Youngsters on the Air. With the details, here's Alec, VK2APC. Last week with you, Cole, I made a mention of the ARRL Youth Outreach Forum held at the Dayton Hamvention. In the planning stage for two years, the program will now proceed in a series of phased releases. Frank Karnowskis, November 1 Uniform Whiskey, AMSAT Vice President Development, provided highlights of the program saying, The youth initiative takes a radically different approach to introducing youth to amateur radio and satellites. Our message to youth is satellites in space help us live better lives here on Earth. As an example, websites kidsat.com and buzzsat.com provide age-appropriate activities and exercises that cultivate the general interest into understanding of how satellites play a role in our daily lives. Activities range from simpler merit badge level to a complete course on satellite meteorology. Participating youth can earn certificates of completion that would be useful in college admission or job applications. Then there is a network of online SDRs that serve as a ground station for youth to experience firsthand receiving images and telemetry from actual satellites as they pass overhead. Accompanying activities guide youth through decoding and analyzing the images and data. A fleet of 200 plus ground stations is planned so that virtually every youth has access to real-time satellite experiences. It is hoped that from this starting point, a fair share of kids will become interested in the communications process and go on to set up their own dongle-based ground station, and even onto an amateur radio license if they have yet to earn one. For VK1 WIA National News, I'm Alec, VK2 APC in Sydney. Now back over to you, Cole. Thanks, Alec. And that wraps up the segment for this week. Bruce should be back next week, so I'll catch you again in a fortnight. Until then, stay safe and warm. I'm Cole, VK3GTV. This is VK1 WIA. All points of contact from today's news stories are to be found in print when you read the web editions www.wia.org.au Now, although always best to promote your local club meets in your local area newscast, which follows this, the WIA National News, a couple this week worth a mention. Telecom's leader to speak at Hard Arc Meeting, Brett Saville, a national industry leader with deep telecoms experience. It's a unique opportunity to hear about changes in telecoms and the latest 5G networks. Visitors are most welcome. The venue, the Mount Collar Community Centre, Pierre Close, Mount Collar. The time, 8pm, Tuesday next, June 28. The Redcliffe Club car boot sale happens Saturday, August 20, at the Clubhouse McFarlane Park, Klinger Road, Kippering, at 9am. Admission is free. Vendors, $5. Perth Tech happens October 21, 23 in VK6. And in VK7, the Mayina Hamfest, Saturday, November 19. Again, check extra details in Q News, Amateur Radio New South Wales, News West and VK7 WIA News. Now till next we meet, I'm Graham VK4BB. Try and walk softly. (laughs) 
From Australia, this has been the Wireless Institute of Australia with the weekly news service. This broadcast is in text, audio and video and is accessed on wia.org.au.